Hey folks, and a very warm welcome to another episode of This Is Hate CD. I am excited to have you with me for the next hour or so with the best-selling author, Hector Garcia. And before we jump into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, Miro, one of my own personal and professional favorite collaboration tools. As many of us find ourselves working remotely, we've been forced to design new ways to collaborate and connect. And that need will probably never disappear. And as I know many of you will probably understand this, the oldest form of communication on the internet is still email. And even though some businesses have built marketing campaigns and business models off the back of trying to kill it, we still find ourselves checking it several times a day. It's still used to deliver critical content that is critical to our projects, no matter what industry you're in. Now, if you receive 10 or 20 or even 30 of these long critical emails each day, we find ourselves being a slave to that process. So rather than feed that fire, why not look to create an alternative process that takes the oxygen away from the fire in the first place and use Miro to demonstrate what you're talking about and record a video and share it with your team. If a picture is worth a thousand words, a video must be worth 10 times that. Now, you've not only saved yourself time, you've saved yourself team time, but you've also increased the level of comprehension for all involved. There really is very few downsides, so try it out today and make some small changes to how you're currently working. It's worked for me, so visit www.miro.com forward slash podcast, where you'll get three free canvases for life, for free. Back to Hector, so many of you will probably have heard of the term Ikigai, the Japanese concept for aligning our lives to our purpose. Something I'm deeply involved in at the moment through many of my coaching programs. Hector has written two of the best-selling books on this topic and is based in Japan himself. In this conversation, I get into areas of the methods that Hector himself suggests but also does himself on a day-to-day or a week-by-week and a month-by-month basis. By the end of this conversation, you will understand not only what Ikigai is, but also how to start weaving its principles into your day-to-day life. We actually became fast friends on this episode and have actually invited Hector back onto the podcast in a few months to catch up. So if you're a member of Premium This Is HCD, you'll be able to ask him a question. Not a member yet? Well, the link is in the show notes and it costs only €3.99 per month for an ad-free stream with some additional perks along the way. Let's jump into the episode. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was one of my first uh, one of my first experiences in my life. Like getting out of Spain was being I was one month in Dublin in a summer school by my own without oh, my parents. And English. So it was like my first memories in my life of being on my own, walking in a city. It's in Dublin. Oh, very cool. What age were you when you were in Dublin? I remember going to bookstores, video game stores. Yeah. And there was also Warhammer stores in those times. So That's right. Those, like, I, want, <laughs> I had my pocket money. I had like, okay, how do you... Are, <laughs> what do I buy this summer? Yeah. I, what year were you here? When, when were you here? Probably I'm talking about 1995, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had, I, yeah, I remember I had my first Windows computer and I was in Ireland with a little bit of money and I remember I bought a, a computer game, Command 
Command and Conquer and Red oh, Alert. Yeah, I, I, I bought them in Dublin and then I went back to Spain. Yeah. To play video games. And then it's... this funny story is probably my next experience living in a city. It's in Tokyo. Like, wow. I'm from a little village in Spain. So for me, it was like, okay, this is a city. Yeah. Like, yeah, true. Dublin was probably a big city, whereas like when you compare it to somewhere like Tokyo or London yes. or even Barcelona, you're like, that's it's just a village. Like Dublin is quite small in that yes. sense when you compare mm -hmm. it. You know? The power of co comparison is really good. Like I had a conversation with somebody last night. We were talking about, you know, working in many different types of organizations and what that gives the mind being able to compare against one thing of another. How do you see the fact that you've lived in all of these different places and you've come from a relatively small um, village outside of Valencia? What do you think that gave you as an individual? I think it's important to experience all. I don't think that you sometimes try like this is better or worse. Like I think it's important to experience all. Yeah. And then... And I think it also depends on your which phase you are in your life. And then mm -hmm. maybe you like more. I think in your 20s and your 30s, probably being in a very vibrant big city, is what, that's what keeps me in Tokyo. Yeah. Because it's uh, people think always in terms of opportunities. And uh, that's true. Like in a big city, it's much easier to find opportunities. Right. I think it's also like the uh, ideas, like the type of people that will go to a big city and the the density of those ideas, it becomes a very, I think Tokyo, if you look at it, it's a city of oh, many trends in Asia. Many yeah. start in Tokyo. It's like uh, New York or LA, Los Angeles yeah. in the US. Like in LA, they create a movie and then something happens. So it's... yeah. Whereas being, I'm very grateful to have uh, like the first twenty years of my life being in a village. Like you, you almost know, not everyone, but like there is three four schools like everyone you know all the kids you have your friends yeah that's also very warm and nice it's like being in i look at it as now okay i was living almost in paradise i had a very very yeah. grateful for a very it... very nice uh childhood mm. so i think experiencing all and then you can shift your mode i think it might in my heart, like, there are some people they get addicted to cities and they can only live in a city. I think yeah. I can, I can you shift can modes. I think I prefer now to be on holidays, go to a quiet place. Yeah, not to um, another city. So, what did giving or living in a village give you? Like, what were the values that were instilled with you? And what was the relationship between village living? Because like, you lived there for your formative years from zero to 20. You had a couple of experiences. You came to Dublin, so you probably got to see, you know, another city, yes, another perspective. Like, but what were the key values that you learned as a child through living in village? I uh, think that Spain? respect, like almost like everyone thinking that. I think some people that they have been born and they've been all their lives in a city, mm -hmm. they don't feel a sense of 
everyone is your family. We're all human beings, and in a in a village, at the end of the day, everyone has everyone is kind of family. So if you do something good, like there is this concept of karma. It's not Japanese; it's from India, but yeah, uh, if you do good things, probably you, good things will come back to you. If you do bad things to people, like people, they, this is also like there are also bad things in living. If you think it in another way, in a village, there are also people complain. Oh, everyone is uh, how do you say gossiping, gossiping. Yeah, but that that's human nature, and I think it's if you do good things, people will gossip good things about you. Or maybe yeah. there is in Spain there is lots of jealousy and envy. Yeah, and I think those are that's that's okay. That teaches you a lot. You're like, mm. okay, I have to be careful. If I say something bad, it will have consequences. Whereas when I came to a very very big city, the effect was a little bit different. It's like, oh wow, I'm I'm yeah. on my own here. I can be a little bit of, I can be doing wild things here. Like many foreigners, when we come to Japan or mm. to Tokyo, and you are on your own, and like you start, you go wild. <laughs> so you have to be, and then you start catching yourself. Okay, I'm like no one. You can disappear basically in Tokyo. Yeah, pretty much, I can imagine. I've never been. I want to go. <laughs> my my friend can... Eduardo lives there, and he, he keeps on saying so you need to. You have a feeling of, uh, I think, of freedom and everything. But and it's also and really, it it can become a it can it's a double sword. Like it can become also yeah. loneliness. Yeah. So I think that the I learned a lot about human psychology. Like you can, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's really interesting because um, when I was researching, like I, I obviously found out uh, a number of years ago, maybe I don't know, close to ten years ago, I, I heard the phrase "ikigai." I hadn't really heard about it before, mm. um, and then I remember seeing people talk about your book. Okay, and I was like, okay, this person has written a book, but when you start delving into your past, you've written lots of books. Okay, like, and oh, you've yeah. you, you've got like close to nine or ten i think as it is from from yes now it's around 10 books one time which is pretty incredible how do you describe to people when you're in that awkward situation of when people ask you that question that i still fear what do you do how do you describe how do you respond oh, to what, do you, what do you do you do i say, i say i'm i'm a writer i write books it's yeah i say and do people usually just stop there or do they just kind of go okay that's they, they can no, understand. That's that's the weird thing. Like people yeah. say, so so what what do you do conference because I'm like do you do conferences or do you do podcasts and like I show up in podcasts yeah. for of other people but I don't have my own podcast. Not yet people, anyway. People try to make me do things that are not that's interesting. Like it's like writing is not enough. They say you should yeah. do your own podcast. You should do your but and maybe I will fall into the temptation of doing something else. But now I'm very stubborn. I'm very focused on because that's my. In fact, that's my message in my book. Yeah. I think I wrote my book Ikigai a little bit for myself, mm. and like really focusing on what you're good at and what you love. Yeah, it it's what is in the face I am now. Like maybe in the, I also say like 
if the ikigai or your focus in your life can can change so maybe yeah. later i might start doing other things but now yeah i'm very focused on writing, writing. and you're doing a great job of that as well and you enjoy it so uh, yes. let's talk let's talk about the journey your own personal journey towards writing that book you, you mentioned that you were almost writing it for yourself um mm. What what did you study or did you study in university and how did you end up in Tokyo? What's the what's the the fascination um, with Japanese culture as well? I'm, I'm I'm originally I can say uh, I don't know what word you use in England or Dublin in, in Ireland. Yeah, uh, you use nerd or a geek in the yeah. US or otaku we use in in, okay. in Japan. I was uh, I love computers and I love video games and my dream was I I would uh, want to someday create my own video games like being right. a video game programmer like I wanted right. to be work at Nintendo or something I was dreaming like I was wondering always like why do all like cool stuff like video games in the 90s everything came from Japan so that yeah, was yeah, a huge good. It was a huge mystery for me. Like, why? Why are all these? Why can't Spanish people do Nintendo yeah. video games? Like, why is Japanese? Yeah, what's going on? Japanese, over there? So, yeah, what's going on over there? And then I looked in the map. It's like, oh, it's very far away. <laughs> yeah. And and here I, I am. Lame. <laughs> and then so yeah, I studied computer science, uh, huh. software engineering. Then I was for a while in Switzerland. And then in Japan, I was always working in IT internet companies. Okay. But I realized since day one, I arrived. In fact, before coming to Japan, I was always writing. I'm a person that is, has been always writing a diary for myself. Yeah. And when I came to Japan, I, from day one, I was writing in a blog, mm. and in the blog, I was, I was, deco I was trying to answer myself all the questions. When you arrive to Japan, you have no idea. It's it's a very, it's very shocking. Like it's like many things like you don't understand. Why are these things happening in this way? Why? Like I was answering myself questions about Japan. Yeah, and after a while. My my blog became one of the most read blogs in Spain. That was yeah. a success on the internet. Like the mm -hmm. times where blogs were important before Twitter and Facebook. Like yeah, and I put uh, I converted that blog into a book, and I went to publishers, and all of them said no except one, and that was my first book. It came in two thousand. And eight or fifteen years ago. It okay. Was, uh, the title is "A Geek in Japan." Oh yeah. And it's still selling very strong. I think I wrote that book to be a timeless book about Japan for someone who wants to get the way for the first time. Yeah. So, have you ever been in Japan, Gary? No. Then that's the book I would give you as a present, like before going yeah. to Japan. Or while you are traveling in Japan, or after you go to Japan without reading my book, 
with that because my book might spoil you some things. So you yeah. come to Japan, and after 15 days here, you freak out, you go back, you're all full of questions. Pretty much. Then you then you read my book, A Geek in Japan, and it would bring you, ah, oh, now this makes sense. Now I understand. So this still makes no sense. I don't agree with Hector. So that's... Yeah, okay, very that's good. That's how my first book came to... And while working, like being working with computers and writing software, I realized that one of my skills in Teams was always... I was good. I was at programming. I was average, like, but mm. at writing documentation and helping clarify ideas, I think I was better than average. How did you determine your average, Hector? Uh, how's, how's I don't know. How, that's always that's a question I I get a lot, and yeah. probably you too. If you talk with uh, like. Like I think it's something you realize. Let's talk in general. Like we are always, when you're 15, 15 years old, we all remember things that we are told by others. You are good at math, or you are bad at math. You are good at this. You are at soccer. You are good at basketball, and we are told things. And yeah. maybe it's a totally random thing that someone told you in this, like, or your father or your cousin told you but that sticks in your mind because those are times you're growing mm -hmm. and then it might become a self-fulfilling prophecy if yeah. someone starts telling you you're good at this you're good at this then you start doing it more yeah so i've thought a lot about that like mm. and i was usually told that i was bad at writing so you were and that stuck in my mind i think and then it's an act of rebellion. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm bad at writing, let's see. So then I started writing more and more and more. So, and then I think to realize, to have a self-awareness of what you are good at or not, it takes a, it, it takes a lot of time, I think, to notice those things. I think it came with experience. So you have to observe yourself and also other people, how they behave around you. And being honest, honest with yourself. So, mm. Because, for example, programming, I wanted to be the best programmer, but I noticed at some point that there were like crazy good programmers and software engineers. And there was a moment I said, okay, I'm not... I have to find something slightly that it, usually when there is something very, very, uh, like a very specialized thing, it's very difficult to stand out. Yeah. And I like more for myself, I like the idea of being unspecialized or mixing yeah. two things, mixing the crossover of two things and yeah. try to stand out in that. And that's where... I think my first books were a little bit like I'm explaining something like a software engine, like I'm explaining Japan. Yeah. And explaining Japan in a way that everyone can understand, almost like a software engineer. So I, I found a way to cross my skills. Yeah. And I start writing books. And that's, yeah. Where do you think the fascination so, from Japan comes from? Like, like I know from you, you mentioned like video games and Nintendo. 
But when I was doing my thesis, like way, way long ago, like in 2000, um, I did it on the Sony Walkman. So like you. Oh, really? Um, now we yeah. Have, yeah. I was, I was reading, I was reading today the Sony, uh, Mori, Morita. So probably, you know, yeah. more Morita at some point, because when they created the Walkman, Sony was very, very small company. I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very small. And they had, they created a Walkman, which was the first portable music uh, music player ever. Yeah. And then there was a brand, I forgot, there was a brand from the US or they wanted to like subcontract Sony and change the brands in the Walkmans and make them really? called something else. Okay. And the condition was that they wanted like a hundred thousand which was insane for Sony. So it was very, very big money. And Morita, who was the CEO of Sony at that point, he mm. totally rejected it. He said, yeah. we will never, 50, he said, 50 years from now, we will be bigger than you and Sony will be known everywhere in the world. And wow. we will not change the brand of our, we will put Sony. Yeah. And I read that today. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's crazy. It like. Was, I encourage anyone not to read my thesis, but also just to go on the journey of, of trying to un uncover the story of the Walkman. It is really, I love okay. And I was at that point that there wasn't anything before that. Like I didn't have any influences in my own family about Japan, but I really was drawn to the simplicity and the minimalism that persists in, in Japanese design and culture. Um, but one thing that happened to me around that time was... I had, I'm like a chameleon with my friends. Like I've got lots of different pockets of friends. And one of my friends is called Deirdre Dunn. And um, Deirdre was like, what do you write your thesis on? I said, I'm doing it on the Sony Walkman. Mm -hmm. she was, really? My brother was involved with the Sony Walkman. And I was like, really? <laughs> what? Did he sell it like in a shop in Dublin? And he goes, no, no, no. <laughs> Turns out her brother is Anthony Dunn for anyone listening speculative design, Hirsch and Tales, author mm. of, you know, he was at the RCA and now he's in Parsons in New York, hugely influential person in the design world. And he gave me perspective and firsthand information of what it was like to be around Sony, you know, in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Now, you can just look at that as me kind of dropping in a, an interesting tidbit of information. But I'm keen to understand your kind of perspective on that as a philosopher as well. The whole role of synchronicities and how things happen and how things guide you. I, is that a bad word, synchronicities? Uh, no, no, I love it. In fact, yeah. I like I like synchronicity or like, I, I also like the word serendipity. Serendipity, I love it as well. Things, things that happen serendipitously. Like yeah, it's really difficult to pronounce. I love these stories. So, like that, that whole kind of, the, the cadence of how these things happen can send you in a different trajectory in your life. And that really helped me because I was literally an island studying design. I didn't have any, you know, family influence to really help me um, get ahead. But of it was you, from the story, it was you. I always think that you have to be ready when you see, I like a lot the quote from Steve Jobs that you will only be able to connect the dots after. And yeah. And it will make sense. And it's Absolutely. Very, 
it's very from what and, and always when you look at those dots it's like always times when you were ready yeah and also times where you were your heart was in the right place and open and you were proactive it's it, it was you who asked like your friends and said hey i want to True. and then so it was if you said nothing nothing would have happened yeah like it's very like proactivity and that's something it's a good point i there is always if you i i think there are also phases where I think this is where might be people who are introvert, very, very introvert mm. uh, versus people who are very extrovert. Yeah. I think my I've, I'm introvert. So yeah. my strategy sometimes is if you want to create new stuff in your life or chaos, mm. like it's like commit, you have to commit or say yes to many things. Sure. And then, but at some point there is a reach, it, re, it can reach a point of like, <laughs> Like, I haven't been okay. to bed in seven days. <laughs> yes, something like that. And then I have times where I switch to the other mode. That now on the internet they call it monk mode, but yeah, like <laughs> the mode is like, okay, now I'm like I'm on my own. Like there is this also. There are many. I think I haven't wrote about this in my books, but there is the say yes and say no to everything. Like you reject, like yeah. and then. And so I'm, uh, I think a better strategy for life is like, okay, don't, don't be, I don't like being like, I, I like switching, switching the mode. Yeah. Like switching to, okay, now I'm, I like you, you said you were, you were like now in quiet time in August. Yeah. But then maybe in September you switch and maybe some yeah, new things will happen in September. Angles. Exactly. So yeah, I would say if you want to create serendipity, like you start saying yes a lot. So the conditions for serendipity to occur is really increasing your chances for luck to occur. Is that fair to say? Like yes, yes. In fact, that also interests me. Like luck, because the probabilities of luck to happen to you it increases the more stuff you put into yeah. also for like having ideas it's like, also, like reading a lot or like not reading anything or reading yeah. also another strategy like to read very diverse like if you're reading only one type of thing then you will have one type of ideas yeah and this is the same for movies or art if you're always with the sci-fi yes so if you're always that that's where i was always like (laughs) sci-fi so then i try to force myself to read like broadly and then you will start having more ideas for for ikigai i started reading many books about longevity about uh, okinawan lifestyle uh, how to yeah like a lot about uh, also about flow it's an idea that yeah. I put into into the ikigai book also about artisans artists in japan yeah so i started reading all these very it, they seem very different but like okay the the whole idea of this is ikigai and that's how yeah. Iki, the ikigai book was born it was it was also set in dpt 
but it was myself proactively looking for those the answers. Who created the, what came first? Was it the, the Venn diagram? I think Mark. Um, Mark Wynn, which Mark I Nguyen. also talk, I, I met him also like this really? in, a, in a call. What was it? Was it like because a... He, uh... he lives in an island. I always forget that. I'm sorry if he's listening. He lives in an island. I always forget. It's an, there is an island below, I think it's below the UK and France. On oh, Jersey, or Guernsey, there. somewhere around there, we're, we're, we're disclosing his yes. location. Now. So, uh, but he he says it online. He's there. Yeah, uh, but which came first? Was it the book or was it the, the Venn diagram? The diagram was before. Okay, and then the book, our book. Now also there, I have to say, there are more than one hundred books about ikigai but yeah. our book was the first one that said okay this is worth to write a book about ikigai uh, journey was it uh, ikigai yeah ikigai journey is the second one oh the second one. so the one that i have the, is it... the, the, the ikigai journey is the second book because the book that you have is the original one that we yeah. are very are here folks dum, 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 dum. it's very open-ended i don't know if you notice we don't answer the main complaint we got is like, okay, this is all very nice, but how how do I find my ikigai? It's very yeah, it's very open ended. It's an it's inspirational an book. book. It's an we are not we are not giving you the answer. It's like and also yeah. we try not to be dogmatic because many people say you can only find your purpose in life if you do this or yeah. if you do that. Like we don't yeah, we don't funny. attach ourselves to anything. And the second book, it's an answer to that. It's like, okay, okay, we will give you some, but we also don't tell you exactly what to do. We we give you like thirty five ideas, and now you are on okay. your own. It's it's funny because when I when I coach change makers, and I call change people change makers who want to improve situations, whether that's organizational design, service design. Or just going on their own journey to understand how they can improve situations for themselves. So it could be career change, whatever it is. But whenever I start talking about purpose, people seem to compartmentalize it into life coaching and self-help. And I'm sure this is not a new concept for you in terms of like when you talk about Ikigai, you run into the whole kind of conversation about, oh, Tony Robbins, Ikigai. Um, and all that. And I, I loved, I, I remember I watched um, a great, great episode you did with uh, the folks at High Performance and they called yes. it shelf, shelf Help Books. And I thought that was brilliant. I said, someone, someone uh, needs to buy yeah. shelfhelpbooks.com. Go to the shelf. Yeah, go straight to the shelf. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like their, I remember their humor. Like, yeah, they they're very, very British, very British humor, very, very dry. But it was really good. So, it, like for for some reason, I don't know what's it's it's having a reaction for me inside when I talk about self help books. It's almost as if it's dirty. It's almost like we we don't want to be associated with it. Have you found that to be a sort of thing? Like there's there's an industry that's just evolved towards this. I don't know I, because I have. Be, I think there is some. I, I don't have a, I don't have an strong opinion on on this, yeah. but there is some because this, 
I think there, it's true. I think that there was some research that on self-help, like, I think it's not like they magically, you're going to read a book and it's going to change your life forever. Yeah. That's the, like, that's not true. But I really believe that, and it doesn't matter if it's self, it can be a novel. I believe in the power of books hmm. to help you. Like if it if it shifts your perspective on something like like one degree or like how you see, then that 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 was good enough for me. Yeah, I don't need to change your whole life. Yeah. and so that's what I value in in books. And it can be you can like there is also like classifying. I'm putting your when I was writing the book Ikigai, I never thought I was writing a self help book. But then they classified yeah. it there. They put it in a box. And then then it becomes like self-fulfilling. But I never and then people started complaining, this is not a self-help book because it's not yeah. it's not answering the question like no, this is a book about we were traveling around Okinawa and yeah. we mixed some stuff. It's not a self-help book. So I don't know. I have mixed feelings. And then the next book, yes, it's uh, we said, okay, now let's write a self-help book because it's what everyone is asking for. Yeah. But then that one is selling much less because okay. I, I think I think people like more to be inspired. Yeah. I think that's my opinion. And I agree. But then self-help books can be also, you never know. It depends a lot also in the personality, as we said before. Yeah. If you're extrovert and you are more like with friends, you maybe you don't need you talking with friends. You get new ideas and it's helping sure. you. But there's some people that maybe you need books, and I can say that for me, books have totally shaped who I am and my life and everything. It's not, mm. and I cannot identify like okay, I had to read this book, this book, this book to be my. It's like the combination of all these things. Mm-hmm. It has made me my 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 ideas or like my values about how to yeah. see the world. So, so yes, and also like there is also this is very different now that I've been connected with audiences from all over the world. Kigai mm. has been the top selling book in India for three years. Right. Like in all categories. And people there are much more, there is no, this, what you said about self-help books, that there is some, Stigma. they don't have this. There is no, there is no, it's like all yeah. for it. Like, and they are pirating my book and they're making copies of it and mm. and they're photocopying it and they don't care. It's like, yeah. there's no... It's about the and I like I like that. I like the idea is there. Many yeah. many things are happening. Well, folks, if you're photographing Hector's book, don't do it. Uh, try and buy the book if you can afford it, because you know like, Hector likes yeah. getting his royalty check. But yeah, I'm keen to understand. Do you believe if Ikigai, the concept of it, because it is a concept really, um, and it's a cultural concept as well that mm. persists in, in Japan. Is it exclusive to Japan or are there other cultures around the world that have something similar? No, the only, that's another thing. There is nothing secret or even, or mystery. It's just, I think the the power of it is 
that it's just one word. Yeah. That you have to say the sentence, like, what is your purpose in life? That's yeah. that, that's too long. So yeah. sometimes, like, putting something into one word, like, it's compressed. This is another software engineering. Yeah. Compressing information. So it's much easier if you're a parent and we see what do you want to be when you grow old? Like we mm-hmm. usually tell our kids. I think it's much more productive or more 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 challenging to a kid. Yeah. Or like he if she or she he is like ten years old, if you ask them, What is your ikigai? That that will make mm-hmm. you like, okay. Even an adult, there's like you ask an adult, like, what is your ikigai? You can ask, like, what do you do? And like, okay, yes, I work in this company or I do this. But mm-hmm. if you ask, what is your ikigai? Then you start thinking more mm-hmm. at a different layer. It's like, a different and level. then uh, it becomes a useful word. And then the kid will learn, okay, ikigai means the purpose of my life. What is my purpose in my in my life? Mm-hmm. And then you can you can start using it with friends. Like, I my ikigai is this. What is your ikigai? So it becomes like, a, yeah. And that's the only thing I think we. I don't take much credit of. We just expand like on that. Like, there is yeah. there's some great science and some research that backs the alignment to your purpose. Um. I don't know if you can recount any of it, but I know there are pieces there that people who have aligned to their purpose are less likely to have health implications later in life, like stroke or heart attack. Is that correct? Hey, sorry for interrupting the episode, but I wanted to tell you about today's sponsor, Miro. Many people connect it to just being another business collaboration tool, but for me, it's so much more. I use it to manage my own ikigai to help me keep track of my own life and career. This one here that you can see won't get shared to anyone else, so it's a private board. Only I can see it. Now, the beauty of all this is I didn't need to create these canvases from scratch. People on the Miroverse upload them, and there's a constant stream of updated frameworks there for all us changemakers all around the world to use for free many of which come with really detailed instructions on how to use them. So for more information, see www.miro.com forward slash podcast, where you can get three free canvases for free for life. Let's get back into that episode. Yes. Well, if you are, if you're actively doing something that gives you, like, it gives you purpose. I think that there are many, in fact, there are many, many, studies and they're coming up more now mm-hmm. like that you if you stop doing things that you love then things will go bad that's like which in a sense it makes sense it's like we humans we are made to be active yeah and do things so sometimes i think because in spain as a spanish we dream we all dream of that day oh i will retire mm-hmm. and do nothing and go to the beach and have some drinks and do nothing. Yeah. And we dream, we have this dream of retirement, but that's totally, if you do that, maybe for 15 days it works, but if you do that for 15 years, it's like no good for you. Probably. Yeah. Like, 
you have to do something else. Okay, I'm going to take care of, and it can be something simple. I always say, like, it doesn't need to be something complicated. It can be, okay, mm -hmm. I want to, I'm going to take care of my garden, or I'm going to take care of my family. Or like, yeah. It can be something extremely simple, but have something that gives you, okay, I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. One of the pieces when I'm I'm coaching <clears throat> on purpose, and I, I lean into the Ikigai kind of visualization, I guess, is people believe that all of those circles, those concentric circles, you have to tick every single one of them to find your Ikigai. Talk me through. I'm also very open. Like I know. You, we can, like the, in the... In the... <laughs> People are surprised when I come to podcast and I say, like, I'm very creative. Like, you can make your own circles or you can... Yeah, add, add more to it. Like, you know, it's there's no... Uh, yes, be creative or destroy yeah. it. Like, people are all are always ask about the money, the money circle. Like, yeah. Okay. And that gets people very anxious. Like, money. I think that's where the criticism so, comes in for it, isn't it? That's where, where yes, people are kind of like, oh, this is unobtainable. That's what but that's it's, it's interesting. Like let, let's go let's go like the, the four circles are like what we already talked before about what you are what what you're good at. Yes. Yeah. We were talking about like which it seems very simple, but sometimes we are wrong. Like we are we are good at something that maybe we haven't even noticed. And that's good. Yeah. Uh and what you love doing that this is the easiest because i also i recommend people to put like like crazy like go right like i love eating chocolate or i like wine with friends or yes like whatever you want so that's the easiest one and then uh things you can make money with and I always put like things that you're already now making money, like it can be your profession and something. It can be things that you suspect you could make money, but you've never done it. Like maybe you have dreams of, like yeah. you suspect you could make money online doing something, or maybe you suspect you could make uh, a shop and start selling, start selling bread in your neighborhood because your mm. bread is amazing, and maybe yeah. you could make money with that. Yeah, and then how to help the world? And this also I like changing it to how can you help others? It doesn't mean need to be something very big. Like okay, I'm going to help the whole world, like uh, Tony Robbins so style. It can be something. If a friend is having a hard time, just having having a tea with your friend, that's good enough. That's a good thing you're doing. Or mm. calling, calling someone, like very small things is what I like, or what what you can help the world, like. So yeah. that will give you some idea and open your not be dogmatic. Okay, I can only select this. Yeah. And the money thing, it's interesting. I've also, I made, I was, I've done many talks, like, not coaching because I don't internal talks in companies yeah and also to ceos of the people who have basically millions of dollars. yeah and i talked to them i was once in front of 200 ceos with millions of dollars 
And here yes. I come to tell about Ikigai, really. Like I had like a hundred voices in my head who I am to talk to these yeah. people who are hundred times more successful than me. And, and then well, the the question came, like the like the, the question came is like what this this circle about money we and the question from them was totally the reverse. It's like I don't care about money. I want really? to I want to give back. So then I thought, well, then your circle for you is like think about some something that will give you purpose, not how to make more money, but how can you make other people around you make money, or how to mm-hmm. move that money to to, sure, the wealth. to 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 help the wealth. Yes. So you can think it, yeah, in terms of wealth, like how can I make people around me more wealthy? Yeah. Uh, yes, so very, I'm very open. With the, the the good thing about this now going back to self, like some there is no magic. Like okay, I will use this tool and then everything will be solved in my life, kind of. But you can use different tools to 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 open your mind and start thinking. Oh, okay, now maybe if I try this, so that's good enough. And I think yeah. that. The Ikigai circles are a very good tool for that. Like it will make yeah. you think. And the the Ikigai piece is really interesting because when I first saw it, I was like, okay, I need to set up a weekly calendar invitation to uh, maintain my Ikigai. It's like a, you know, the Tamagotchi. You know, you had to maintain this thing. It was you were oh, walking around it. with it. I like. That. <laughs> I keep on dropping in. Dropping words and your eyes just go ping. You're like, yes, I like, I remember those. But um, Pokemon, let's see the effect that has on you. But but, but it was like a Tamagotchi in some ways. I was like, okay, cool. Now I need to, you know, reflect daily and see how I, and it became, became quite a chore and I I stopped Mm -hmm. doing it. Now I was kind of like within the book, um, I don't know, maybe it was a book or an article that I saw. You said you shouldn't be using it like that. It's more of a reflective tool, maybe once or twice a year. Yeah, I do. In fact, I do. That. I'm a person. I like. Uh, How do my, you handle my, it? My, my diary, and then I usually, as you said, like maybe once a year when you do the. Mm. I do the. Uh, I do. I do it for myself, and yeah. not this. Notice if maybe there is something, it's almost similar, but yeah. maybe notice if there is something different. Okay. Like, okay. This year I, I put a new thing. There is a new thing that, that it seems I like, or I think I'm mm-hmm. getting better at this. Uh, and and then you can look and see, okay, what's, what's changing? I can do I... at the end, like people said their purpose, not the purpose, yeah. how, how do you call it? when you put your goals for the year, like, like what your resolutions. Yeah. That, that's the word, the resolutions. Yeah. I don't like, I don't, I, I'm a little bit of a rebel. I like doing the, like my ident, write down, like my identity. Like this yeah. is who I am. Like I start like, this is who I am. And then I am Hector. I'm a writer. And these are the, and after that, then I write my, I do the circles and I okay. put that back. And then one year goes by very fast. 
So I have a notebook for every three years, and you can go back oh, and see you can see small nuances, see small things. Like okay, I'm shifting towards this. So are you okay if if I ask you something quite personal in terms of your your daily rituals? Um, yes. How do yes. you? What does that look like for you? Are you like you mentioned there about you write a paragraph of who you are? Can you recount what that paragraph yeah, is? I like, I like. Right. Hector Garcia is a Spanish person interested yes. in doom and quake. But I like what you said. I always, I, I was a time. I, I like the word you said. Like it becomes a chore. So I also agree yeah. with you. If something just makes things, did do those. I like to have routines and everything. But I have become very flex flexible. Sure. You have have those things as tools to help you. So if I'm feeling anxious or something, you're like, okay, I have to sit down and I write my diary. It's not like I have to write my diary every day because then it becomes okay. a chore. Yeah. So the same thing with this is usually when it becomes December, I'm thinking like, whoa, next year is coming. Then I sit down yeah. and I do it. So, so let's see for this. Uh, that's interesting. I'm also writing how to. So it says identities for 2023 is like I am. A, it's very simple. It's like I'm a writer, and it says below write better, like write more and better. Follow my curiosity and keep learning. So that that's all. Okay. So, and then this is I don't know if I'm going to share this one. People will Come on. Well, you don't have Second to share Second one, I am. <laughs> this could be the title of a book. This one, this is the first ever I'm sharing. I'm Mr. Curiosity. Curiosity, curiosity is the unifying threat in my life. Curiosity yeah. is my guiding star. So yeah. There you have it. This is like, What's wrong with that? This is my, my two... I think that's what... these are my like Mr. Curiosity. So that becomes my identity this year. Like I had yeah. to search for new things. But we, 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 we chuckle at that, but when we look at the the kind of historical last decade of what you've produced, curiosity underpins all of that. Like you're trying yes, to find, so the, find the answer. Trying to find the under that's a good way to put I guess you use that like when you don't know what you're thinking about yourself, like try to find what's the underlying theme or something that yeah. is happening. Um, sometimes it's like, okay, you're a person who loves doing things with other people, uh, working in teams. And then, and maybe you're doing very different things, but the underlying thing is like you love working with people. So you have yeah. to look for those underlying. And for me, it's curiosity because it's like, I love Japan and I've written many books about Japan. Yeah. But I'm also I'm very curious about the world. I want to learn things mm. about everything. There's a there's a kind of a, a place within the Ikigai where if you are an introvert and you might not enjoy being around people, is there a risk there that you can kind of design your Ikigai to be, you know, working in isolation? in an attic 
I'm talking about myself here. I work for yes, in an attic. <laughs> Mine I, is not an attic, but I'm also, today I'm also in mock, I am in mock mode. The most yeah. social moment in my day today is with you. So I lived in Australia and I'm home from Australia five years. And when you work primarily online, I train online, I coach online. Oh, wow. You could say I've been in monk mode, but I guess, is there a risk there? And I haven't created my Ikigai with that in mind. Okay, I do love being around people, but I am introvert, extrovert. So I, I kind of have to watch my energy. Yeah, now. You have to switch. Uh, I have to switch. I have to I say. Yeah, I'm a performer at times. And then I just want to come back and get into my little cave here and, you know, create podcasts. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know. I right. want I want your advice on this. This is a question. <laughs> I don't know. I like Talk the switch me. mode. How can I help I you? Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I need help on this. I like monk mode too much. Yeah, switch like uh, switching modes, and maybe creating plans like yeah. other people, which uh, that's the like committing. Like I'm going to get and meet these people. That's the. But is there a risk there, like that we need to get a second perspective, perhaps, on the ikigai to make sure that we're not. Um, designing ourselves into a potential pitfall for that's going to impact yes. our life. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, I know yeah, you, you maybe, mentioned. I'm thinking maybe this is what I've done with myself. I'm thinking <laughs> now, like, <laughs> yes, I'm writing, I'm, I'm a write. I can write my books by, like, I have files of, I, I can just and I write books. The next so, book, Why I've Stopped Writing, thanks to Cherry. Like, yes, why <laughs> I started. I stopped writing and I'm now I'm like, yes, that's the, yeah, you have to be careful. Like, to, the, mm. but like, I, I'm thinking a lot. Well, there, there is another with, I also don't like, I like a little word balance a lot. Like, yeah. In every, in everything in life, like, there is some, to criticize, there's some self help books or like any, like some books that, they are very radical. Like usually, yeah. it's America, U.S. U.S. authors. They say this is the only way. Or, this you have to yeah. do this and, to make money and or like sometimes it's about diets. You can only eat this, uh, and you can only and some is about you have to exercise every day and kill yourself. Like or you have to like there is this gr grind more. Like you have to work every day. 15 hours or wake up at wow. five in the morning yeah. so that's all okay you can try that but i'm all for balance and in the book ikigai we also talk about like a balanced diet it's okay yeah. the longest living people in the world they we saw them eating everything yeah i saw 100 year old people drinking beer eating chocolate like they were like very balanced I think for, yeah, for selecting, like doing things in life, not only about the Kigai, but it's balance. If you're always, yeah. you are in a monk mode for a while, then you get, you get out, then you find yeah. what's good for you. So that, that's my I'm answer. Experiment ba and balance and, and change, change your mode. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the actor, John Cleese, the comedian, John Cleese. Ah, yes. Yeah. He was a Monty Python. He, um, he's a really nice 
kind of uh, talk. It's on YouTube about creativity and the subconscious. Yeah, I read his book. Oh, I haven't he, read, he, read which his book? book is amazing. I forgot the title, but it's a book on creativity by him. He's a he's a genius. Like he's one of one of the one of the greats. I, I put him up there. Short, it's a very short book, but it's like oh wow, this is amazing. Yeah, he he has a really interesting um, piece where he talks about the analogy of a flower and what we can learn from plants and how like you know there's certain times where the plant comes down at nighttime daily and it you know gets its energy from when it opens up and photosynthesis happens and so forth. He's really, really strong, but he speaks about a piece about the subconscious. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit more around the, the kind of the power of the subconscious. He wrote a really famous TV show called Faulty Towers in the UK. <clears throat> and the story I tell was he wrote the script. This was like in the 70s and he, he hand wrote it out, maybe typewriter. it. And when it came to sending it into the BBC, he uh, was going through a divorce, I believe, one of his many divorces. And he could not find the script to send in. And it had to be sent in by a certain date in order to, for it to get kind of approved. So he was in a panic, couldn't find it, turned the house upside down. And he said, there's nothing for it. I'm going to have to rewrite this script. And he rewrote the script and he wrote it in two or three days and he sent it off and he made the deadline. And that script is what was produced. Okay. And they became, you know, classics tv classics now when he was clearing out the house a number of years later after the divorce he found the original mm. script mm. he says now the same he was in a position now to compare compare the two scripts like the original script and the second script and what he saw was the second script tied up an awful lot of the loose let loose ends in the stories much mm. better it was probably better and it was much better. So you know the the kind of the essence of the story. And I'd love to know about the activities that you weave into your life because I guess people see that you've written the book and they there's a natural assumption that's like, you know, you have it all sorted. I know that's probably not mm -hmm. true. <laughs> but what do you see the role of the subconscious in and how we live our lives? Like what can we be doing? What can you do to maybe encourage people to, to think more about the power of the subconscious and leaving things set, sit? I, the, the, one of the main things is feed it with good information. Yeah. So I'm very careful. The same way, the same way you select good food to put inside your body, yeah. then you kind of become like select good things. Or not, it doesn't have to, be, I don't like the word good, like select what you're going to read or consume. So I become more careful, like on the internet these days is like, you can, you can go totally sideways. You start in a social network, like you start doom scrolling. Yep. Into, I been don't there. Know. We've all been there. And then suddenly you're like start liking something and then your timeline becomes all oh, yeah. like it becomes all rabbits or cats jumping it's like okay that's fun for a while yeah but then it, there is some other subtle things that maybe if you start and you're being manipulated without even noticing and that all goes yeah. to your subconscious yeah so i'm very 
I use all kinds of. I, we could go nerdy here. I, yeah, go nerdy. On tweet on tweet like on my. I try to not have any on my iPhone. I try to have no applications that have. I call it like infinite information. Okay. I don't put it. I don't put that. That's like uh, because I'm like as you said, we we're all even the most. Maybe there is some people who have a very strong will, but I don't have. I'm very okay. humor. I, if I if I have one coffee and I open uh, an application with infinite, then I will be thirty minutes there. Yeah, that's true. I have it on my computer that it's a little not in my book in my. I have a computer for writing, which also it has no social network. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I have one laptop that is for like, okay, I'm going to have fun. Yeah. So no laptop. And that's where I have Twitter and everything. And that's for Twitter, I use lists. So I, I only consume. And usually I don't, I don't have time to read all. It's like very random. Yeah. So I have some systems to protect myself, the information, how it will come to me. Does it make mm. sense? Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, and that's in the story. I like the story you said about the sub like subconscious. That has happened to me many times at a very not as extreme as a whole script. Mm. But I think for you too, if you write online or something, sometimes you delete like sometimes you don't save in the computer a file yeah. and you lose it. We've all been there. But then you write it again and it was all there mysteriously and it becomes better. Yeah. So sometimes you wonder. And recently, last year, I published my first novel. It's only in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I wrote Which one in is Spanish. That? It's, uh, it's a, only in Spanish. I don't know. If it will be ever in English, it's okay. it's a novel with the protagonist is, is science fiction in Japan. In okay. And anyway, I was writing, and sometimes I would write a story about the character, do something, hmm. and I didn't realize a novel it can become so long and things that even the I learn a lot about writers. Many, I think novelists they get asked about their novels, and the fans know more about the novel than themselves. Probably. So after two, three months, I would forget this character. What did he do? Green. I, I forgot. Yeah. Maybe in chapter, like, because it's been three months and it was like, I don't know, 100 pages before. And maybe I'm writing and I wrote, I write again and the character does the same thing. Sure. And then later editing, I noticed like, whoa, I wrote exactly the same thing three months ago. It was like two paragraphs. The character, so, and it's it's there like my and then, I start. This is also a little bit depressing. You realize like human beings, we are not. There are all these artificial intelligence like large yeah. language models. We are not that intelligent or creative. Like, we are repeating in a loop the same things. That is true. And then then oh, okay, I'm writing with my morning coffee, and that's uh, like. And I'm then talking... I realized, hmm, these are similar. I go yeah. 100 pages. What is it exactly the same I've thing I wrote? This, so, this narrative has been written twice. The power of subconscious is very, very mysterious. It's real. But you also have to realize how limited 
our brains are. They, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so where do you see um, Ikigai like at the moment in terms of its popularization, I guess, post-pandemic? Yes, like I've seen a lot of people talking about it and, you know, the big resignation, I think is what they called it in America. Um, the pandemic has probably done an awful lot for, you know, the word Ikigai generally and search terms. Um, where do you see it going in the future post-pandemic? I don't know. You know? These are the questions that I don't know. It's very... What what I know is, like, it is more the most popular than ever. Like, it yeah. was first published in 2016 in, right. in the Spanish version. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's been almost yeah, seven years since okay. it was first published. And uh, now it uh, has been translated to 70 languages, which is cool. kind of is the most translated Spanish Amazing. book in, I don't know, in 40, 50 years. There is no wow. other. And I think it's a combination of how the message connects with, because they're amazing. They're amazing writers, much better writers than me in Spain. Mm. Maybe they only write uh, love novels. And that's also maybe only oh, Latin American, Spanish people like those type of... The Ikigai message is very universal. That's what yeah. I realized. Mm. So it's out there. It has sold uh, almost 5 million copies now. Wow. Like uh, 70 languages. So I don't know what else. My challenge now is to write something else that I think that is also this about this also maybe you can help me like when someone there is a success that I feel that it is that holding that thing you back. I wrote not holding me back but it's it's always it's a book I wrote it was published in 2016 so I was writing it in 2014 and 15 yeah and now we are in 2023, and I'm here with you talking about it. Talking so about, yeah. it's not, it's not bad, but it's like okay, you like the subconscious, like it's always like yeah. There's something. So my challenge for me is like okay, how do I create? Well, I don't think I will ever. I will probably come up with other ideas or yeah or popularize because I don't think the idea is original from me. It's like popularize mm. some. That's also something I realized about. I'm more like putting things to their, together and explaining them. That's yeah. my superpower. Well, I here's an idea. Ideas, ideas I get. In fact, I'm getting ideas from podcasters lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I was going to say, here's an idea for you because I stumbled across a Japanese term, I don't know, maybe two years ago. It was during the pandemic called the Misogi. Ah, you know, Misogi, yes. You know about Misogi? So there's a much broader conversation to be had around the Japanese culture. And I guess it's the, it's kind of the interest of the Japanese wisdom, like, you know, like this, this whole you know, kind of mystique that persists around the Japanese culture as it being quite um, profound and, and deep and reflective uh, naturally. Do you want to talk a little bit more around like Misogi and what you know about that? Like, you know, cause it's really, it's really interesting when you weave that into your, it's like if the, the uh, Ikigai is at the top level and then a little bit further down, like things that you can do to 
really increase the quality of your life as the Masogi. Um, would you agree? Thing about what this miso. The interesting so the uh, the interesting thing about this misogi concept. I think I also part of like to be blamed like the ikigai concept has changed in Japan is like very it has changed after writing our book and now so many books about it the meaning is slightly different okay and misogi but it's very its purpose of life is the same thing yeah so misogi is a Japanese word that means it's it's a ritual for cleansing usually done in like you go to a waterfall and you go below the waterfall to do like to withstand it's usually very cold water and you have to withstand uh, usually you have to put your hands together and you have to it's a it's a shinto ritual shintoism so yeah. it's to cleanse yourself and it's also saying it's a challenge because you have to be in the cold water below that uh, waterfall. Yeah. And so that's the meaning of Misogi. Now, I forgot who it was. Uh, I think his name is Easter. There was an author in the US who kind of not mistranslated, but he got the word Misogi and created uh, Misogi challenges in the US. Okay. Which, that doesn't exist in Japan. So I'm sorry, uh, to, there is no misogi in Japan. Misogi is just being below a waterfall with water. And so I read and I read the books. I love the book by, I, I wish I could be better with names of books, but then there is a second book by, by a friend of the guy who invented this misogi concept. Because I, I think it's uh, the word. And now in the US, it's a different thing. It's like it has become uh, misogi is uh, like now in the U.S. is a synonym of having a very 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 extreme challenge mm. that you think you will not be able to accomplish. But nine, I think he defines it as like eighty percent of the times you will maybe accomplish it. So maybe you've only run twenty kilometers in your life at once. Yeah. So. A misogi challenge for you would be to run forty kilometers, mm. and then you do it. And this this misogi concept of having a super challenge for yourself, this is an American-made uh, thing. Yeah. Which okay, I have to say I love it. Yeah. But and the word is Japanese. That's correct. But the meaning has become totally different. That's the right. only thing. So and for me. For me, I could write about Misogi, but I don't know. I feel like in the last book by Easter, he talks about Misogi very... He does a very good work. work. Yeah. There's no need for anyone to write something about it. Any, any more than that. But there's the purification. But yeah, I like, I like it. Uh, maybe I could write a book about the real Misogi. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if that would be uh, that would probably be boring, like go no, over no. falls and um, so that'll by yourself. <laughs> the whole concept of having one big event that you're really ah, proud yes. of. 
that defines your year yeah, and then that's... six smaller little um adventures uh throughout the year to kind of stimulate yeah. brain yeah. It, the pure... i like it... the idea a lot and i want to do i want to do misogi challenges well in maybe fact, i have to I want, i've only done i want to do the real misogi in a waterfall in japan yeah i'd love to do that as well that was the original because when i heard it i googled it and i was like okay there's is this whole kind of purification piece around? Yes, so I, love, I love the idea and the whole concept, and the whole concept has already been exported. Oh right, and, yeah. and to the US. So I love it, but I don't know what I can bring to it. What what what's how's it been received in Japan, Hector? Like in terms of when you go into restaurants, or you're in social circles, and people say, "Oh, you wrote the book about Ikigai." Is there um, is there how has it been received over there? They love, in fact, Japanese people, they love when something that is from them, it becomes successful right. outside of Japan, and then they freak out. They love it. They love these ideas. Like, so there's been no so kind of um, they adverse out. pushback. That's, that's kind of cool. No, no, no. They're like very, very, very open. Yes. Yeah. Well, as long, good. well, another of my philosophies is always saying there are many bad things about, as in any culture, there are many bad things about Japan too. Yeah. I think it's not an ideal, like, it's not a paradise. But so some of the criticism I get in my books is that I never talk about the bad things. But I think yeah. I yeah. leave that to other people. There, there are many books. Very good Japan books about bad things in Japan. Uh, Jake Alstens, his very his books are very good. Mm. So I leave that word for him. I prefer to focus on the positive things. So sure. uh, that's my I that's think one of my missions. Well, look, Hector, we're, we're coming towards the end of of the episode like we've we've covered quite a lot of ground in uh the last hour and a bit like i'll throw a link to this wonderful guy which is Thank you much, Gary. um and you know if people want to reach out to you and i know you've got a, a newsletter on your website hector garcia yes which now you're putting me on the <laughs> i've never you've never published <laughs> anything this I'm very I'm so focused on writing books that yeah. I've never sent an email to that, but maybe yeah, maybe I should put that in my things to do next year. Next year. Start yeah. sending emails. Well, which maybe this year. Maybe now that maybe this year. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the main place to find me is sectorgarcia.org. And yeah. from there you can find my Twitter and my Instagram. Yeah. Um, the mailing list, uh, probably when I start sending emails, they will be awesome. Yeah. I like. I have I have one in the one in Spanish. I I send emails, but okay. very. When I do mailing list, I like the idea of making something very very personal, because mm, yeah. the, these days there are so many mailing lists. It's true that we get. So when you get an email from me it will be very personal and it will only happen every three or six months so okay. yeah join join my mailing list yeah be, 
further here, folks. folks. It will be like having an email from a friend. That's how ah, I very like a mailing list. Well, I'll put a link to that on, on the website as well. And listen, look, we, we haven't even spoken about your boxing career, but best of luck uh, with yeah. you. There's another Hector. find another Hector Garcia, who is a boxer. He is a challenger. Um, um, but if you're Googling Hector Garcia, make sure you Google the author. There is only uh, yeah, one Hector author. Garcia. Hector Garcia, author. Yes, you have to put yeah. now one more word to find me. Well, look, Hector, I always thank the guests for giving me their time, their, their openness their energy and their vulnerability about me being put on the spot. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed. I was looking forward to speaking to you for several months. So I'm delighted to find you've connected. Um, and I'll put a link to all those wonderful um, books in the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you, everyone.